Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, every Monday we are streaming a new episode on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to and tap in. You could also go to YouTube. We're starting to release our video content again. And so if you prefer to have video content um, of the show instead of just listening via audio, you can go to my YouTube channel. You can type in Michael Lombardo. You could type in Awaken Podcast. And we've got probably, I mean, I used to do a bunch of Facebook Lives there on there. There's a lot of interviews, um, a lot of video content on there. And now, um, since middle of last year, we've been releasing all of these Awaken podcast shows via video. And so there's a lot of free content there to bless you guys. So make sure to tap into that. Um, and for those of you who have been listening faithfully every single week to Awaken podcast, thank you so much. You know the heart and the passion behind the show. Ephesians 514, awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. The Holy Spirit is awakening our hearts to the beauty of Jesus all that he has done, who we are in Christ, so that we can truly fulfill the call of God on our lives, release the kingdom of heaven, set the captives free, walk in the ministry of Jesus. And so thank you so much for tuning in, for sharing this podcast, for subscribing and reviewing it. It helps us get it out to more people on a regular basis. And so thank you so much for that. And today I've got a guest on the show with me. Many of you may know who she is. Her name is Brooke Lidgertwood. She is an esteemed platinum recording artist. She's a Grammy award-winning songwriter, producer, worship leader. She has a passion for truth, art, humanity, and the church. Brooke has served the global church through song, leadership, and creativity through many of your, her years at Hillsong Worship, which she leads globally while also maintaining a mainstream career of almost two decades under her maiden name, Frazier. So many of you may know her as Brooke Frazier. And so she is a songwriter. Um, she loves the marriage of theology and art. She has penned a growing anthology of beloved church anthems. Many of you may know um, what a beautiful name, King of Kings, Hosanna. Hosanna is probably the first song I heard as a believer when I got saved in 2008. And many of these songs, like None But Jesus, one of the first worship songs uh, from that album that I absolutely loved. And then some of her newer stuff, like New Wine and many more. And she's releasing a new album, which we're going to be talking about today. Thank you, Brooke, for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. <laughs> so good to talk to you today. I'm excited about the new album. Um, it's entitled Seven. And so we'll be talking about um, a lot of that here today. But before we get into... Um, that I always love to ask my guest how they first encountered the Lord. I love hearing testimonies of how the Lord awakens people's hearts. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I guess there's the there's the headlines, and then there's the context, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> Depending on you know, for all of us, I think all of us <clears throat> we have um, in our lives we will have that moment where we decide to put our trust in Jesus. Um, but then often leading up to that moment, there's a whole bunch of other moments which weren't the moment, but they were instrumental uh, in in getting us to that place at the moment. So Absolutely. I, like you, um, had many breadcrumbs, um, things that the Lord allowed to happen, um, decisions that I made, mm-hmm. um, moments um, <clears throat> that perhaps caused my um, my searching heart to question something in a good way. Um, and so, and so there's all of the context and then there's, I guess, the moment, which for me happened, uh, alone in my bedroom as a 15 year old, uh, with a Bible. 
Um, <laughs> and um, and so that's how I met Christ uh, in 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 the Word alone in my bedroom as a fifteen year old. Did not realize I was becoming a Christian. That came as quite a surprise a few months later when I realized, <laughs> wait, yeah. I think I think because I guess nobody had ever explained uh, to me. Um, or, or perhaps I had heard it and and um, not understood uh, that that I could not earn my way to God, but that the gospel, uh, the the very essence of the gospel, was that it was not possible for me to pay the price. That was the mm-hmm. whole point. But mm-hmm. um, that that Jesus Christ and only Jesus um, could have paid the price for for my sin, for my guilt, for my error to bridge that gap and allow me to have reconciliation with God through what he did on the cross. And so, yeah, it wasn't somebody that told it to me. It wasn't at a meeting, but it was um, in the opening chapter of Matthew as I, I opened that alone in my bedroom as a, um, as a broken and seeking 15 year old. Uh, and I, and I did not know that I was becoming a Christian, but I simply called upon this Jesus that I read mm, about. Mm. Um, and, and I remember praying, but I wouldn't have called it praying at that time because I didn't know what prayer was, but saying, uh, God, I don't know why you would want somebody like me, but if you, if you would like me, then I would like you to have all of me and I'd like to give you my life. And I had mm-hmm. never heard that language before, um, but that was um, what I prayed. And I subsequently um, developed this hunger for this, for this word and for this language, this conversation that had begun that night alone in my bedroom. Mm. So I began to just devouring the word and talking to Jesus. Um, and a few months later, um, realized, I think I'm a Christian. This is quite a surprise. <laughs> I didn't grow up in a believing household, so I didn't have sure. language or context for this. So then I uh, asked my mum if she would... Um, start taking me to a local church. So my mum would drive me um, to the doorstep of the local Salvation Army, drop me off at the start of service, pick me up at the end of the service. And um, and I was the youngest, one of the youngest people there by about 30 or 40 years. Yeah. Um, and I just began to, and the Lord began to disciple me. Um, I began to hear the voice of the Lord. And, um, and as I obeyed him and listened to him, I heard him more. And he brought incredible people in my life who began to disciple me and teach me about the ways of Jesus and mm. the rest is history. Yeah. So you were the first one in your family to believe because your mom would drop you off at church? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So who gave you a Bible? Yeah. So my my mom had grown up in the Salvation Army. Her parents were Salvation Army officers, but she had rejected faith as a teenager. I see. Um, okay. And so it was one of our extended relatives who had given my mom many years before I picked it up a, a life application Bible. I don't know if you've ever come across those Bibles. It's basically mm-hmm. yeah. a, um, yeah, the, the Bible yeah. with the big commentary at the bottom. Um, and so, and so it was one of those, yeah, it was a life application Bible that had been sitting in our bookshelf, you know, at the dusty end for many years. And that was that I picked it up, took it in my bedroom, shut the door, started reading and that's awesome. found the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. My story is very similar. My sister, well, I was, I was 19 when I got saved and I was, um, I was a drug addict. I wanted nothing to do with God. I was a partier. 
um, really rejected God in a lot of ways, but I was in my room with a Bible that my sister bought me in hopes that one day I would read it. I used to rip out the back blank pages and roll joints out of it. And I used to smoke weed. <laughs> I, used to smoke, I used to smoke weed from the Bible paper. Not proud yeah. of it. Okay. But, um, I, I grabbed it for the first time for the right reasons. And, um, I, I don't remember what I prayed and many people who listen to this show know my story, but I, mm. I grabbed the Bible um, and I don't know what I prayed, but it was my heart that said, Lord, if you're real, I need you. Mm. And I yeah. love how you, and I had an encounter with Jesus in my room. He became very real to me. It was his love. It was his grace. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. His presence filled my room. But, um, you know, I love how even when you just shared your story right there, you give a very clear articulation of the gospel as well as our need for surrender. That is key. Mm-hmm. That is key. Mm-hmm. And it's also part of the faith journey. We trust him. So we surrender our life to him and then it brings forth change in our life, supernatural yeah. change. We're born again. And so anyway, as you were sharing your testimony, the gospel was very clearly articulated. And so anyways, mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's, mm-hmm. that's key. But um, anyways, did you know, like, were you always musical? Did you know that you wanted, like, were you writing even before you became a Christian? Or how did you know that this was going to be a part of your calling? I know there's probably a lot. <laughs> I know there's probably a lot there. But like, how did how did you know this is kind of going to be your path? Yeah. And I tend to also uh, be a rather verbose person. I have a lot of words. So if I start talking too long, just give me a wave <laughs> to wind it up and I'll find no, up my answer. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's good. Whatever's in your heart to share. Okay. Um, well, yeah, to answer your question, I, um, I music was a part of my life um, from since before I can even remember it. So um, those same grandparents I referred to earlier, my Salvation Army grandparents, they had a piano in their house. And my mum tells the story of when we were visiting my grandparents when I was around two years old. So just a toddler, like a baby practically still. And um, one of the movies that we used to watch um, when I was, yeah, I guess a toddler was The Sound of Music. That was my mum's favorite movie. So it would be on all the time. Mm -hmm. Now that I've watched it, like, and I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old, I'm like, I probably wouldn't be, (laughs) you know, there's some kind of heavy themes in there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I digress. But The the Sound of Music was kind of always playing in our house. And so my mum remembers when I was two years old, we were at our grandparents, my grandparents' house, and she walked into the room and I was sitting at my grandmother's piano and I was playing, um, the tune do a dear from the sound of music as a two-year-old and um so she kind of straight away recognized okay there's you know she's very drawn to music mm-hmm. um and so as soon as i was old enough to take piano lessons here and my dad sent me along to piano lessons uh which is when i was seven and 12 was when i discovered songwriting and so kind of like we talked about earlier about the the breadcrumb moments that kind of mm-hmm. prepare and soften your heart those breadcrumbs that the lord lays along each of our oh, the yeah. paths of each of our lives to lead us to him i think for me songwriting um it it felt as if i had discovered a world that i had always belonged in um and it was this way for me to articulate the questions that i had um and then mm-hmm. just to um to create without boundary up until that point, you know, I've been learning the piano and I would play the music that was written on the page, but to discover that I could actually, um, I didn't have to play what was on the page that I could, um, write and create these little song worlds of my own. Um, 
was a revelation to me. Um, and it was really, you know, it was songwriting in which I was able to start to articulate some of, I was only 12, but I mm-hmm. had a lot of existential questions about, you know, my place in the world. And then I would write songs about like just whatever as well. So one of my first songs was about, uh, it was called Sandfly, which is like a small blood sucking insect in New Zealand. <laughs> you know, I was 12. Okay, I didn't yeah. have a lot to write about. I wrote about a sandfly. I wrote a song about Princess Diana's funeral, (laughs) (laughs) things like that. But then, you know, I began to write about, you know, the questions that I had about about life and purpose. And so, you know, I really... I really think that the Lord used songwriting and this gift, you know, the gift and the call of God are irrevocable. So, um, so I think the difference is when we, when we, um, when we trust in Jesus and when we come alive, we come awake as this podcast is about um, the gifts and callings of our lives then become redemptive connected to their redemptive purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like, if you are a gifted teacher, whether you're in Christ or not, you're going to have a gift to teach because that's actually what the Lord has gifted you to do. And when that's connected to its redemptive purpose, it becomes dynamite for the kingdom. Absolutely. But without being connected to that redemptive purpose, that's still there. That's still a gift kind of on your life. And so I often, you know, think it's so powerful um if we're if we're talking about and thinking about the people in our lives who don't know the lord um one of the ways that we i think can help apart from obviously sharing the gospel with them and hopefully being you know faithful witnesses and living lives that bear fruit and resemble christ um you know i think one of the things that we can do is encourage people in the gifts that are on their lives because the gifts that are on their lives are actually given by god that's right and perhaps just like with me, with that song, that songwriting thing I had been given, um, when I was encouraged into that songwriting gift, um, it helped me to discover further um, those questions that would lead me, lead my, lead and soften my heart to a place where I was ready to receive Christ. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so when you became a Christian, you were, you were young, you were 15 years old, you started going mm-hmm. to church, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you knew like, okay, this is, this is what I love. This, this, you know, this is what my life's all about. You began to use your gift. Did you join a worship team? Like, how did you get involved in Hillsong? And then how did that wind up happening? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a, there's a whole other story. Um, cause I was, yeah, I'm, I'm from New Zealand. So I was living in New Zealand. <clears throat> Gosh, my life story is very many chapters, many twists and turns, but I basically straight out of high school, I got signed to Sony music and began um, my mainstream career under, I mean, at the time it was the only name I had, Brooke Fraser. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that began. And um, so my first record came out in 2003, I was 19. Um, and then 2004 rolls around and I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm beginning to visit Australia to do showcases for the label over there and all that. And <clears throat> It was my first time in Sydney and um, one of the session musicians in my band um, knew some people at Hillsong. And so we just went to a barbecue out there um, that someone was having at their house where I met the man who was to become my husband, Scott, and um, a bunch of my best friends. And I just felt like I'd met like my people and had a a very odd sense of, um, not an odd, but a a peculiar and specific sense of belonging. Mm. and so uh, that trip, I decided to move to Australia. So six weeks later, um, all my stuff was in a storage container, not that I had much. And, um, and I was, uh, yeah, living, moved to Australia, um, you know, continuing on with my, with my work as, you know, as Brooke Fraser. Um, and then also just became part of church. So 
I was just serving wherever. So I remember the first women's conference that I served at and one of my jobs was to clean the lipstick encouragements off the mirrors oh, yeah. <laughs> in the women's bathroom. So, okay. so, you know, I was there with a, you know, the spray container and the, um, and I, I, I just served wherever. And it, um, and at that time it, it hadn't, I would get frustrated with, um, with people, um, and, you know, in part because of immaturity. Um, mm-hmm. but I remember, um, when I, because I had gotten signed uh, to Sony, my my career there had begun. I had moved to Auckland, which is the the big city in New, Ze- in New Zealand, and um, had, so I started going to a church there. And they asked me to um, <clears throat> if I wanted to be involved in in the worship team, and and I and I was mortified because um, because I had been saved, you know, um, so radically and so wholly like W-H-O-L-L-Y, yeah. uh-huh. um, <clears throat> and worship had become such a huge part of my life in private and in secret um, that I had r- such respect for um, the, I guess you might say, the office of worship leading. Sure. Um, for me, sure. uh, for me, I understood yeah, it was yeah. A, it was a holy thing. So yeah. when I would, you know, I would save up and you know go to the catch the train into the Christian bookstore in my little city where I grew up, and you know, and buy these worship albums and play them over and over again. I understood I could make the distinction between this isn't just singing, like worship leading, gathering the people of mm. God to lift up a song to God. That's not singing, and so uh, that's it, they're using singing, but they're actually doing something different, and so. Mm-hmm. I remember when I, um, they, uh, when at this church I went to asked me to join the worship team, and I was like, "But just because I can sing doesn't mean I can lead worship." Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, you know, yeah. for me, I was like, "That's not. It's not the same thing." And so it actually wasn't until I had moved to Sydney and um, was uh, became part of Hillsong Church, which is, I guess, eighteen years ago now, um, and was just serving wherever, like I was cleaning cleaning lipstick messages off mirrors and mm. whatever it was, um, and then. Darlene asked me if um, I would come and share some of um, my songs with with the creative team on team night. So I did that, and then she said, "You know, um, would you try worship leading?" And I was like, "Are you sure? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mm-hmm. just, I, it's, you know, I." And she was like, "Let's just, let's just try it." Um, and I remember um, that. The first night I did, and I was I was just co-leading or whatever, so I was just leading one song in the midst of. I think I was probably co-leading with with Joel. Joel was probably worship leading, and I remember um, feeling like I remember going home and crying um, because I felt like I'd just like shown the whole church like mm. my body or something. I felt yeah. it felt very. Um, exposing yeah mm-hmm. it was vulnerable because mm-hmm. for me this wasn't like a, oh yeah i'm just going to get on stage and sing a song it was exposing um so the one of the most precious parts of my relationship with jesus my mm-hmm. worship to him and yeah. my private song to him putting on a stage and i'll say that i still have that same wrestle today and i hope that i never lose it mm-hmm. because i think the moment that i lose that sense of tension it means that maybe I'm not truly bringing an offering, you know, um, for me, every time I, every time I step on stage to, to lead, um, to lead worship or to serve with that, I'm really conscious of 
I have two responsibilities. Um, the second responsibility, I'll start second and go back. The second responsibility is to gather the room and lead the people of God in the song of God. That's the second responsibility. Mm-hmm. But the first responsibility and the first priority will always be ministry first and foremost to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't need a stage to do that. I do yep. that every day of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I am on a stage doing that, I must never, never forget that that is my first and foremost responsibility in ministry is, mm-hmm. is unto the Lord. And he will always hear the song of my heart louder than he hears the song of my lips. That's really good. I know yeah. a lot of people, you know, they're chasing a platform, you know, they're trying to, you know, a lot of, and hey, listen, a lot of people have a genuine love for the Lord, but at the same time, you know, um, a lot of different temptations are in the mix. You know, they want to, you know, they want their voice to be heard. They're building a platform for themselves. Um, maybe pointing people to themselves so they could point people to Jesus in a sense. Like that's kind of like what, but um, you know, um, our heart needs to be pure in this process. And I just, I love that because I hear it from so many people in worship because there is that tension or even temptation, but I, I, the Lord singled you out. And I believe that at the end of the day, like there's such a fear of the Lord in what you expressed and, you know, just like even with the Lord and Abraham and all throughout the scriptures, he tests our heart to see if we fear him. And the fact that you weren't grappling for the position, trying to get, you know, I want to be a worship leader. I want people to see me. But it's this thing of like, no, this is my life. This is what I do. My, I live a life of worship. I live a life of surrender. And, you know, wondering if, hey, listen, like, I want this to be God. Like, this is holy. This is a sacred work. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm leading the people of God to the throne room of God. And this is something that is you know, very valuable and very important, you know, in in the realm of the kingdom. And so just even having that reverence and maintaining that reverence is huge. And I believe that that pleases the Lord's heart. And that's why he's, mm-hmm. you know, entrusted you with his songs and brought promotion to you in many ways where people all over the world are able to hear your music and receive, you know, from the Lord and encounter the Lord through the worship that you create. And so Anyway, that's that's awesome. I just I love that because in a world where everyone's trying to grow their social media platforms, everyone's trying to get famous, everyone's trying to have a voice, everyone's, you know, we need to have people like you, myself, others in the body of Christ, like bringing it back to the main thing. Like this is about service to the King of Kings. This is about a pure heart. This is about sincere faith. This is about, it's not about being seen, but it's about making him famous and making him seen. And so that's key. That's That's key. I'm so glad you shared that. And honestly, your worship, one thing I really love about the songs that you release is that you're very intentional about writing music that glorifies Christ as King. It's, it's bringing glory to him. It's, it's, it's the worth and the honor, you know, it's pointing people to his worth and honoring him. Also a posture of surrender. There's so much of that element in there of coming to him, trusting him, surrendering to him. And I know your album, you know, seven is releasing here at the end of the month here in February. Um, tell us a little bit about that now. Tell us about like, what is your passion behind this album? What is the Lord speaking to you? Because I know you're very intentional about releasing not just a song that people will love and, you know, you know churches will take on, but it's it's a message to the body of Christ mm-hmm. for you that you believe is relevant for this hour. Yeah, <clears throat> I would say, um, yeah, saying, saying yes to seven for me um, has been a huge step of faith. And um, I never foresaw that I would um, release a an album of worship music under my own name. That just wasn't wasn't in the cards for me. And so um, it probably seems like it's obvious to everyone else, but for me, it was a surprise. Um, and 
and so really it's funny because, I mean, I guess if I look back in hindsight and forensically, I can see and identify um, like, like I can glimpse the story that the Lord's writing, but I can honestly say <laughs> that it's him doing it. And I'm just trying to be faithful and obedient to what he's, what I've heard him uh, say um, and where I'm sensing him lead. Yeah. Um, because I don't need, uh, I think, you know, the, f- the first time I p- even posted about seven, that it was happening and that it was coming, I cried because up until that post, it had been something that just a few of us were um, working on in private and in secret in secret, and in the sacred. And so um, it's just, yeah, it's felt like a really holy thing. Um, and not, yeah, again, not something I saw coming um, last May, um, I, I, I took four weeks away from, um, I, I just felt like I needed to, um, step away and create some margin. Um, obviously hadn't seen anybody in like well over a year because of COVID and everything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so, and last, so last May, I just took the time, just went, spent some time with, um, with friends that I, that I love and respect and, um, and, and was writing not for anything or with anything in mind, but just um, it was really for me as well about the, just the conversations anyway, about relationship and about all those things. But um, these songs kind of came in um, and um, the first one happened. And because I, I'm very, um, I'm happy to be um, the slowest writer in the room and I'm happy to take, yeah. three or four years to write a song if I need to. I would rather wait for the right song than write five or ten kind of quick songs that actually don't penetrate or do anything in the spirit. I would yeah. write, I would be very happy to write one song every three years that actually shifted something mm-hmm. than write ten songs that a lot of people hear but don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but these, it just felt like these songs, uh, and at the same time I was reading um, a book that is my favourite book of the last two years uh, called Discipleship on the Edge okay. by Daryl Johnson, which is mm-hmm. an expository journey through the book of Revelation. And <clears throat> as I was reading this book, I've always been, I've always, the Lord's always met me in, in the pages of books, and this has been one that he's met me in yeah. um, often. And so I was reading Discipleship on the Edge and I was getting together with my friends and writing and all of these songs started coming, but, um, but if they didn't feel like song worship songs. And uh, I wrote with Pastor Stephen Furtick as well. And it, we, the first song we wrote was a song called Nineveh, um, which is coming out this week, I think. Um, and so, but Nineveh, we wrote Nineveh. And I was like, this doesn't feel like a song worship song. It doesn't feel like an elevation worship song. Like, what is this? And just as these kind of songs started to come, it began to feel like they were all like chapters of the same book. Yeah. Um, and of course I had been reading this book about revelation and reading the book of revelation over and over. And there's, you know, in the opening chapter we read had John, um, you know, hears a voice behind him and says, write down what you see and send it to the, to the churches. Um, and so I feel like, I was not trying to write an album, uh, but at the end of that five or so weeks, it was almost like I looked back and realized, I think that this is an album and I did not see this coming, Mm -hmm. but I think this is what it is. And I feel like these are the letters. I I feel like these are the letters that the Lord's given me to send to the church. Um, And so, 
That's awesome. We will do that. And then he gets to do whatever he wants with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, I sense, I don't know. I just feel just, um, a, like, like we've used this word a couple of times in this interview, like the holiness of God, how sacred, you know, um, this work is this partnership with the Lord. We get to co-labor with him. We get to bring his song to earth. We get to mm. release his heart. We get to partner with his spirit. And, you know, I, um, I got to, I've, I've heard a few of the songs on the album and it's anointed. And I definitely sense that I, you know, even just talking to you right now, there's just, there's just a purity and here, there's just something that the world needs. We, we need this right now, especially ministers of the gospel, preachers of the gospel, worshipers, songwriters. We need to do it from a place of his presence through relationship and partnership with him. And we need to hold that in the fear of the Lord and say, God, mm-hmm. I can't do it without you. Apart from you, I can do nothing. You breathe on this thing. You, you, you do what you want to do with this. I'm not after followers. I'm not after esteem. I'm not after money. I'm not after these things. God, mm-hmm. I'm after pleasing your heart and I'm out for transformation. I want, I want you to use this for your glory. And so I would just, man, I just, even in, in kind of, you know, closing out this interview here, I would love to speak into that a little bit um, and maybe even just pray for the people that are uh, listening yeah. right now, because, yeah. you know, you're a staple name. Um, if, if anyone knows Hillsong, they know they know you, Brooke. And, you know, um, I feel like it's really important. We need to come back to the heart of worship. I've spoken to Jen Johnson, Jeremy Riddle. I've had a few amazing worshipers on. We've talked about this. And I feel like like this is what the Lord's doing in this hour. He's bringing us back to mm-hmm. first love. He's bringing our heart back to that yeah. pure place. It's all about Jesus. And so I would just love to end there, however you feel led to kind of speak into that. Yeah. As you were saying that, I just really felt like there's, um, there's some people listening mm-hmm. and they are waiting. Um, they're waiting for the go. Um, but the Lord is asking them to um, be faithful with the with the stay, be faithful with the waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we have, in order to be able to be faithful when God says go, we have to be faithful when God says wait, and we have to be faithful when God yeah. says stay. Wow. And sometimes we can, because we're restless or for any bunch of reasons, and sometimes with the purest of intentions, we can go too soon outside of the Lord's timing. Mm. But I think everyone here knows, you know, that sometimes the right thing at the wrong time is still is the wrong thing. Wow. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so for us as the people of God, particularly in this hour, for people who are listening right now, um, you are restless and you're waiting for God to say go. um, But he's actually asking you to be faithful with him asking you to wait. Sometimes he's asking you to stay. Sometimes he's asking you to wait. The goat is coming, but right now he's asking you to wait. And we will only be able to be ultimately faithful with the go when we are faithful with the wait and faithful with the stay. I think we need to get really good at all those three things because the go seems really exciting. The go seems like the go gets the encouragement. The go gets the affirmation. The go requires faith. But also sometimes it's the waiting and the staying that require even more faith Mm. and come with less encouragement, less attention, but are actually as crucial to the working of the kingdom through our lives as the go. So let's be people who are content in all circumstances Mm. to obey the Lord with the stays and obey the Lord with the weights as much as we're willing to obey Mm. the Lord with the goes. Yeah. Wow. That is really good. I love that because it's such, it's, it's truth that we need to hear. And, you know, the Lord reminded me and he's spoken to me, you know, many of us think that, oh, wow, God's called me to preach or God's called me to write music or God's called me to do this. And we become very self-centered in what God's called us to do. 
<laughs> you know, it's about what Jesus does through me, but we need to realize that it's, it's <laughs> our calling needs to be focused on the people that our gift is for. That there's, right. that there's people that our gift is for and that God cherishes every single one of those hearts. And, you know, when I first got saved, God gave me a, a vision or a picture when I was laying down on my bed, meditating on him and praying. And it was a picture of multitudes. And God said, first, he was going to have me speak to few. And then he was going to have me speak to many. And, you know, as a young, immature, new believer, I was like, let's do it tomorrow. I want to preach. I want to minister. I want to, you know, but mm-hmm. I made it. Um, I didn't try to express it that way, but internally Mm -hmm. it was very much like, wow, God's going to use me in a big way, you know, Mm -hmm. and you get kind of caught up on that. And I've shared this in the podcast before, not, not in its entirety, but the Lord spoken to me and said, son, if no one ever knew your name, if you never wrote a book, if you were never recognized, am I enough for you? And then Mm -hmm. the Lord would begin to shift my heart, bring me to a place of repentance, bring me to a place of purity of thought. And just realize, wow, this really is not about me. This is about the, you know. And then I would, I would see the, uh, the Lord would have me like look and be like, God, see, see all those faces. It's for them. It's for them. Mm-hmm. I love to use you for my glory and grace because I love you and you're my son. But we need to make it about first of all pointing people to me, and then also the hearts that need the ministry that's going to come through my life. And so, that's right. anyways, that is really encouraging. I believe it's prophetic. I believe it is. Very important for the people who are listening right now, and so I agree with what mm-hmm. you said. And how can people? Um, how can people get? Um, I know it's on Spotify, right? But how can people learn more mm-hmm. about your ministry? Kind of tap into what you're doing, and then um, your album's releasing at the end of this month here in February. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, it is. So, <clears throat> I mean, all the usual places that you listen to to music or or find things: Spotify, Apple Music, um, mm-hmm. Amazon, Pandora. YouTube, all those places. Um, I have social media channels. I don't run all of them, <laughs> sure. um, but I'm but I'm on there. I'm on I'm on there on on Instagram and all of that stuff. But um, yeah, I just really, um, <clears throat> you know, you don't have to follow me if you don't want. But I just pray that if there's anything that I could be, you know, of service to you, or if any of these songs could bless you, then it would be, yeah, my honor to serve you. But I just pray wherever it comes from that the people listening would know um, the leading of the Lord this year. And um, that you would be greatly encouraged and continuing to um, just to love Jesus and uh, allow him to to do the work in your life so that you um, resemble him more and more and that the world looks at your life and are stunned and attracted to Christ because of it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. May we gaze upon him because as we see him, we become just mm-hmm. like him. And yeah. so may everything that we do, this podcast, your album, you know, our conversations, may everything point people to Christ and may they encounter him through us and we become more like him every day and we share this beautiful gospel everywhere that we go. And so awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your heart, um, the work that you've done over the years. The Lord is definitely blessing it in a huge way. And so anyway, there's just a lot of purity behind it. I just sense the purity um, in the work that you do. And so thank you so much for your heart of service and um, I really recommend um, that people like definitely tap into it on Spotify, follow your ministry, just because I know that they'll receive from it and it'll definitely be a tool in their lives. And so thank you so much, Brooke, for joining awesome. me on the podcast thank today. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thanks to everyone listening. Bless you. And thanks, Spider. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Brooke, bless you. Thank you so much for uh, being with me today. It's an honor. Thank you. Yes. For those who are watching right now, thank you so much for tuning in to Awaken Podcast, listening to the episode today. If you're just listening, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed and awakened by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast.
Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You can also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org. TL.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so, bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.